What's up, Billy Boy? How What's are up, you? What's up, buddy? How we doing? Good, good. We uh, good? are on the road. We took the show outside of your living room, finally. Right? Finally. Now we've done this Only a done couple this. times. Yeah, we've done this a couple times. We are... A uh, mobile setup here. What's the date? Today is... Uh, 29th. The 29th. We're here at Ginger Man, uh, 3740 North Clark in Chicago, right by Wrigley Field. Metro. Um, and uh, we have an amazing guest. This is huge. Mark Rose is with us. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank and you so Bill. much for having me. Yeah. It's good to have you, Mark. Um, so this is kind of funny. I, I was talking to Mark a little bit before is that um, um, if you don't know Mark, the, the, the song we opened with was uh, I Love the Way She Loved L.A. Uh, from Spittlefield, which I know that's going way back for, for you. But Oh, yeah. Um, the funny thing about it is uh, he's also involved with Downright, and we'll get into that, downright.com. But um, I noticed going through that website that Mark himself has a podcast. So then when we booked this, <laughs> we booked this interview, I thought, yeah. oh, no, he's going to be sizing us up. And oh. uh, I, hope, I hope our setup's adequate. Well, if you ever want us as uh, guests, Mark. Well, well, right off the bat, um, <laughs> your setup is five times as pro as the Get Downright podcast. Um, I'm, I'm actually blown away by this setup like you may not think this is a big deal but this is a big deal oh well, that's like, good yeah as far as as far as podcasting at a bar goes we are we're doing it we're doing it right here <laughs> that's tonight good. that's good that's good so um the uh first of all i guess we should introduce him properly mark is yeah let's do he's that big time chicago guy okay. uh front man of spitalfield formerly and uh now you're on you're you're doing your own thing yep um you're 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 one of the one of the guys behind downright.com which is awesome and, and again we'll get into that um but chicago guy are you from chicago or are you from the burbs what, yeah. what's the deal yeah so I, I grew up um 20 miles west of the city in glen ellen I illinois love it. yeah I, love I think i've heard of that yeah yeah and i've i've been in chicago um you know since graduating high school i uh, spent a little bit of time at columbia downtown uh for music composition and Beautiful. then nice. yeah and then from there um Moved right into doing Spitalfield full time. I mean, the band had already been a part of my life since '98, since years before that. You know, when I was in high school. But right. um, yeah, you know, shifted gears into doing music full time and haven't looked back. And I'm grateful to say that. And and that's that's where I kind of want to start with you. And and, and I know uh, I know you're you're. I don't want to take up a whole lot of your time. And, no, and I know you're a busy guy. But I want to go into Spitalfield a little bit at the beginning here because sure. I, I know you're, you're you're doing other things. Yep. Um, but the curious thing about Spitalfield to me was uh, uh, there's a few. Um, how old were you guys when you started that band? Um, I was I was 15 years old, so I was in uh, wow. my sophomore year at high school. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but I mean, I I wouldn't. I mean, if you were to hear the recordings from that, you know. That year, I don't, I don't know. You wouldn't really, even though it was the same band. I wouldn't think, you right. know, just sure. because. Sure. Yeah. I even still just do that in high school. I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been playing like in in <laughs> in garage bands and stuff like since I was in about sixth grade, and I and I say that I, I think that happened because I had a couple friends that had older siblings that were playing in sure. local punk bands, and you know, aside from. Uh, seeing a couple bigger concerts at bigger venues. I mean, seeing my first backyard show and basement show, sure. you know, when I'm 11 years old, it, that changed who I was. You sure. know, made me want to do that. <laughs> and, and and you talk about going back to 98. I mean, boy, the, the bands that were around that. And, and, and our, our producer and I, we were talking yesterday about this. Some of the bands that were around in that era, and I'm just going to, I just want to say some names. Sure. And, and just get your, your first opinion of them. Um, 
I mean, obviously, the big one that comes to mind is probably Fallout Boy with where they're at now. Did you? And, and you've gotten to play with them before, oh, yeah. yeah? Yeah, Fallout Boy. Um, I believe you know. I want to say that they were playing their first shows around 2000, 2001. Sure, somewhere in there. Uh, actually, uh, one of my best friends uh, growing up. He had the same last name as me. His name's Ben Rose. Sure, he lived across the street from me. Uh, played in bands, you know, with me and all of our friends, you know, sure. rotating cast of dudes playing right. in bands. Ben was actually the first drummer in Fall Out Boy um, for a very limited amount of time. Right. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, watching, watching uh, the thing about, about Fall Out Boy and Spitalfield that's always been fun and near and dear to my heart is that we had a lot of first times together. We attempted our first U.S. tour together before either of us had anything going and right. it was a wow. disaster. Um, <laughs> and then we, we both... Around the same time, within a couple months of each other, uh, signed recording contracts and sure. both worked with Sean O'Keefe, uh, them on respectively on uh, Take This to Your Grave and sure. Spitalfield. I remember right now, we literally were starting in the studio as they finished that record, wow. both with Sean back to back. Then the records came out within a month of each other. We did our first U.S. like full tour that sure. summer. It was called the Back to School Tour. Um, <laughs> it was Fall Out Boy with Acceptance in Spitalfield. And, and then... Fast forward a few more months, our first trip to the UK together. And on the first wow, time, yeah. um, the first time we went over, uh, Pete Wentz did not make the trip, had some stuff keeping him at home, and sure. our bass player TJ played that tour with them. Oh, wow. So it's almost like, you know, we had all these firsts together, and of course, sure. they really exponentially took off. Um, and when they released Take This to Your Grave, you know, the major label, de- or excuse me, um, From Under the Cork Tree, uh, we, we opened that show for them here in Chicago, and that was the last time we played together. Really? So, yeah, we had we had a run from <laughs> from early on till then, and then that so was it. That that would be a question. So I mean, and and I listen to Spitalfield. I I I mean, I I love the music, and I I just where is the the like if you guys are playing together, how do, how does that happen? And I don't want to focus on on that band because mm-hmm. that's that's not why we're here. But then I look at some of the other bands that that you you played with. Uh, some are more local. Some some are are, are are maybe a little more nationally known. But yeah. I mean, there's bands like Local H, which is probably a little bit before you guys, yeah. right? Um, Plain White Tees, sure, kind of around that time, same time as us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alkaline Trio, probably a little before, but a little before, but you know, not not by too much. Really? I mean, I when Spitalfield was in the studio doing our first studio recording, uh, I believe it was either '98 or '99. Uh, the trio, we were working the same guy. The trio was, and he sure. was. And we, at that time, we hadn't even heard of them yet. Sure. And they were putting out their uh, first, uh, you know, the first record at that time. That's crazy. And um, yeah, I mean, really, because we started so young, a lot of the bands that that came just before us um, on a bigger stage were still bands that we were very right. much so either aware of or we considered them peers. Now, Alkaline Trio, I, are, they've been around longer. They're a bit older. Right. But um, you know, I, I was seeing them play right. when I was. You know, I don't know. In my formative years, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, and there's other bands like Lucky Boys, maybe Mast, Alistair, Hey Mercedes. Sure. Those guys are yeah. all around. Kind of, there's so much talent in that time. Um, when 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 you when when um, uh, when you guys were still together and playing mm-hmm. shows, it's sure. just it's just mind blowing when you look back at it. Yeah. So, in and, and, and seeing some of your shows, um, the thing that's always that I've always taken curiosity in and seeing like a show of yours or a show of Lucky Boys or or, or, or whoever, um, when the song when the, when the crowd sings the song back to you, yeah. do you remember the first time that <laughs> happened? <laughs> um, kind of, and it, you know what? I I've. It's funny that you bring that up because that's something that was was a major part of 
my my drive to want to do music full time and above and beyond just kind of doing my thing locally and playing on the weekends or whatever was because the first few times that people started to respond to the songs and put the words back you know back at us while we were up on stage sure. was when I felt that connection with other music fans for the first time like I, I had I had felt I had felt it as a fan, seeing music that sure. meant something to me, right. uh, seeing bands that I looked up to, seeing artists that I wanted to be like. But the first time that anybody sang my own song back at me, you know, whether or not I can pinpoint the exact moment, I don't right. know. But like when that started to happen, I got that feeling that I never wanted to get rid of. Um, and it's and it still is with me today because more than ever now, having been doing music for the past decade plus now, um, connecting with people is still number one. Sure. Like that's what fuels me as a writer and knowing the impact music can have in other people's lives and the, the impact it's had on my life. Sure. Like that's, that's, that's a game changer right there. That's, that's, it's, it's always been something like, I don't play an instrument, Bill. I don't know. Bill can at least fly an airplane. I, I can't even do that. I've, I played the trumpet. You played the trumpet? <laughs> Wait, but you can fly an airplane? <laughs> yes, and I also play the trumpet if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one is more impressive than the other. I'm not going to say which yeah. one. But, but um, the, 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 the thing is, is like um, just that feeling. I, I can only imagine what that feeling is like when you, when you, when you hit you know, the first couple, couple bars of a song and all of a sudden the crowd takes over. It's got to yeah, be overwhelming. Yeah. You know? yeah, and you know, Chicago was such a great support system for us um, as – as things picked up and we started spending, you know, five, six months on the road and then fast forward a couple of years, you know, eight, nine months on the road out of the year. Um, it was always great coming back to Chicago's, you know, family music scene. Like it's, sure. you know, all those bands you mentioned. I mean, they're like anything else. There's always going to be waves of things that kind of right. catch on and, 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 you know, go to the next level and then the things that you feel are underappreciated that never got their moment or whatever i mean chicago has so much sure. going on and had so much that we'd come home and it would be amazing it'd just be great absolutely i think some of the greatest shows that you can go to in chicago are seeing chicago bands i mean um f for instance uh, we went to the alkaline show uh they, you know they had the set of four shows yeah. last weekend we yeah. went to two of them and and there's just so much more electricity going to a show uh, for a band that's 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 from Chicago, that has that feel. I mean, going through some of, some of your videos, um, especially on your solo stuff. I mean, it's obvious that Chicago is such a big part of you, and you and you and you, yeah. and you show that through your writing and yeah, and, and everything you do. I think I think um, Chicago's always had a nice blend of uh, kind of enthusiasm and passion. You know what I sure. mean? Because when you're in a city of this size and it, this is a giant city compared to a lot of cities you hit out on the road, um, you, it's easy to, for a scene to become kind of uh, jaded or apathetic right. towards music because there's so much of it. Right. And there is a lot of music here. I mean, there's no, oh, no shortage of music. And um, Chicago, at least, at least in my experience, keeps renewing itself with new music and then really does kind of respect the older stuff that, you know, people are nostalgic towards. And when you're when you're nostalgic about something, like if you're going to see Alkaline play one of their first records or whatever, that part of you takes over. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, well, especially right here in this area. I mean, you got the Metro and everything going on in Wrigleyville. This yeah. is kind of the pulse of the Chicago music scene right here. You know? The Metro's been huge. I mean, it, it was 
a big deal to me when I was young. It's still a big deal to me now. But how hard was it when you were young to get to play on the at the Metro? It was tough. Stage, it was right? tough. Yeah. I remember uh, very much so our first time playing there. Um, you know, it was an all-local bill where everybody's passing out flyers sure. and trying to get people to come in with their tickets and, like, all that stuff, you know? Right. I mean, but Metro was great about giving local bands a chance. Sure. And, um, you know, we... Spitalfield essentially did our label showcase um, at Metro. It was in uh, 2002. We were an opening band for uh, the movie Life and Brand New. Sure. And it was a great show. We we did our part as an opener. We brought a lot of people out, and um, you know that was kind of kind of a tipping point from like a label standpoint. Like right. that's when we started to be taken a little more seriously, and you know that was great. That's huge. Um, and and. To fast forward to, to now and what you're doing now and how that differs from what you did with Spitalfield. Yeah. Um, do you find in that transition, now you, you guys kind of went separate ways 2007-ish, right? Yeah. And uh, I know you guys have played shows maybe since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but just personally, as a, as a singer and a songwriter, uh, has your process changed from when you were in Spitalfield writing a song to till now? Because I, I, I've noticed just listening to some of the songs um, it seems a lot more personal. Yeah. Um, and you're and, and you're kind of opening up a little bit. If, sure. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but no, no. It just it just seems like it has a little bit more of a personal touch. Um, has it, has your process changed from when you're in your songwriting? When you yeah, I, my process has changed, and I I lend it to I guess two different things. One being, you know, I don't know, writing stuff under my own name and not having. Uh, a band to bounce stuff off of sure i mean the band was what it was because it was the four of us and right. even, even though um we did have you know some lineup changes and i wrote a lot of the lyrics and maybe was kind of a primary songwriter in general sure um it's still the sound we created happened with the four of us and um once i didn't have that anymore i knew i still wanted to write music i wasn't sure how if i was going to start a new band if i was going to do my own thing and i just kind of took it as an opportunity to kind of go with a clean slate i almost uh i almost went the opposite direction purposefully like i my very first solo stuff that i wrote and recorded was very mellow it was very very singer songwriter almost john mayer ish kind of stuff and and i just wanted to do something different that reflected the other side of music that i really enjoy right and um and now having spent you know five years uh you know touring with a band without a band as in like a backing band for me um playing a lot of acoustic shows writing a lot of songs writing stuff through downright which we can talk later um about i i just i feel like the two different things are one i'm in a different place because i i'm not with the band and two naturally as you get older you start to find different things you want to gravitate towards and hold on to and and to me it was the i guess the storytelling and the lyrics and the connecting and really expressing myself individually more than I ever did just through the band. You yeah, know? that's, I mean, that's, and, and it shows, it shows. Um, so so on, on your solo stuff that you're mm-hmm. doing, um, how much, I mean, I, I know you play guitar. Yep. And uh, I know you went to Columbia, music composition. Do you play other instruments? Do you, yeah. do you, do you record um, your solo stuff where you have drums and, and that? Do you, do you do a lot of that yourself? Do you have a band come in? Do you write I have, that? Um, well, I have the ability to play a lot of instruments. However, I love having the collaboration of guys who are really great at what they do come in and, and taking my my ideas and sure. doing their thing with it. And I, that collaboration to me is huge because sure. 
it allows you to do so many different things. Like, I mean, I, it's like, can I play the drums? Yes. Am I a drummer? No. You know, right. like, you know, I mean, I, I do, I mean, I started on the piano, so I'm very familiar with the keys. Right. Um, a big part of songwriting to me was learning and understanding the piano and a little bit of, you know, chord structures and stuff like that. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. When I play the guitar, I don't really think about the chord structure as much as I know the feel of it. Um, and, yeah, so I mean, I write a lot of this stuff and I demo out a lot of this stuff completely on my own. And then when it comes time to start doing pre-production and actually right. getting in the studio, you know, I call my favorite musicians locally that I still connect with and oh, that's cool. get them in and get them involved. Um, I've only done, so I've done just one full length record, which at this point is now a few years old. It came out in 2011 called Wonderful Trouble. Mm -hmm. And then I've done a, a series of EPs, a couple before that, one after that. And they each sound a bit different. I've experimented with different things and different sounds. And now it's all building towards LP2, which I just finished up recording. And I really think I feel more comfortable with my own voice and songwriting than I probably ever have. And that's not to say that I like it more. It's just right. to say that I feel like I'm you know, as a songwriter, I'm hitting stride with where I want to that's be. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's, that's the place that, that you want to get to. I mean, it really is. Um, we're it, still looking for that place. Yeah, we're I. still working <laughs> on it. We're still, it's rough. Um, but, um, you know, it's, uh, that kind of goes, kind of going into, into downright. Now downright is, uh, downright. It's W R I T E downright.com. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this is, this intrigued me and I know Bill was looking at it too. Yeah. Um, this intrigued me. So I, I got to know, how did this idea come about? Because it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's in line with what you're doing, but it's, it's, nobody else is doing anything like this that I know of. Yeah, it's, um, so downright, the, the idea uh, and concept originally started with Bob, Nana, and myself. Sure. And uh, Bob is the co-founder of the site. He also is in Hey Mercedes. He's a singer of Braid currently. Uh, right. He's um, you know, great Chicagoland musician. Absolutely, um, yeah. So Bob and I are, are really pretty close, and we were um, out having a few uh, adult beverages talking about a way that the two of us could let people know, like, hey, when I'm not on the road and when I'm not in the studio doing my own record, you know, I'm available to do creative things. Like, you know, w with the changing musical landscape uh, with, you know, things being digital, Spotify, et cetera. Music is more available than ever, but less people are paying for it, and it's harder to um, kind of support yourself as a musician. Absolutely. So yeah. rather than, you know, try to fight, you know, the Internet and anything like that, it's like, no, like, let's embrace the fact that there's more fans out there than ever. Music is more accessible than ever. Artists should be more accessible than ever, too. Not just with social media, not just for people to, you know, to tweet at or oh. Facebook message, but actually connect like in a, in a whole new way. And so the idea was actually just for the two of us to like come up with a project for the two of us to be like, Hey, sure. if you want us to, you know, co-write a song with you or your band, like let's knock down that wall because there's nothing dirty about songwriting. We're trying to take the dirty out of the idea of right. other people working with other people on music. Like, Absolutely. you know, that's cool. So it started like that. And then it quickly transformed into wanting to be more of a community um, and wanting to get some friends involved. And then as the ideas started to come to us a little more clearly and we started to develop some ideas, we thought, you know, maybe we could really, you know, kind of 
don't know, stack this thing up with a bunch of songwriters, try out a few different things, see what's working, what's not, what, if people are responding to it, if right. the artists are enjoying doing it, because we didn't really know. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what we would expect. <laughs> right. So we launched the site with just two profiles, Bob and myself, um, which was like around uh, just before Valentine's Day of not this past year, the year before, so sure. 13. And and um, we put up the pro, you know, the, the site with just the two profiles. And now, as of today, uh, we launched Chris Farron from Fake Problems today. Well, that's artist number 75. So it's growing. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the artists, they're all over the country. I mean, and, and from all over the place. You, you can select what genre you want. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you can. You can almost connect with the artists that you're interested in and, and, and ask them to maybe make a song about whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? I suppose we should explain what it is. I mean, really, we are, we, the, the platform is, is connecting, uh, like, you know, music fans and, uh, you know, whatnot, it, connecting them directly with, with creators, sure. you know. And, you know, you, we're especially at this point focusing on custom songwriting right. um, as the, you know, the main thing that we're doing. Um, so you can come in and have your unique story told through a songwriter of your choice that's on the site, of course. Right. And it might be because you specifically enjoy one of these artists or have grown up with them or their voice and you right. want that connection. Or you might not really know any of the artists on the site, but you still like the idea of having a particular moment documented or an anniversary or a gift for somebody else who is a fan or sure. whatever. So, you know, what the site originally was going to be and what it's become and where it's going, you know, it's evolving because, you know, now that we've done it for a nice chunk of time and have taken a lot of requests and seen uh, a lot of artists do some really cool things and some, uh, some requesters do some really cool things. It's got our wheels turning, you know, right. and now, you know, more than ever, we're like kind of taking the ne next steps towards scaling this even larger because there's a lot of artists out there that could benefit from this and a That's lot of fans that would be stoked. I thought it was the coolest thing. Really. 75 artist theme song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah, you get, uh, I think, and you could, have you gotten any goofy requests? Like, oh, uh, yeah. What's yeah. the weirdest thing you've gotten from people? Oh, man. Well, rather than the weirdest thing I've gotten, I'll say that one of my, <laughs> one of the funniest and my one of my favorite requests that came in was for uh, Josh Burwanger. Josh is the uh, the vocalist from the anniversary. If you oh, remember okay, that yeah, band. yeah, absolutely. So Josh got this request from this guy who just wanted him, and he was totally serious. He wanted him to write this song about playing basketball, and <laughs> and, and and Josh was like, uh. <laughs> Okay, and like and, and like he, he gave him all sorts of weird little things he wanted in the song, and Josh did all of it, and the dude loved it. He's like, "This is just what I wanted. That's like, this is great." Basketball but, Jones. But that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and you know what though the the um the subject matters of these songs, you know, I mean Bob and I can see all the requests. We don't we don't pry too far into people's personal stuff, but right. but we um have between talking to artists and talking to people who've gotten songs and you know kind of being behind the whole thing. We've seen some really, really touching requests, people really opening up, um, sure. and, and the, the subject matters have ranged from really positive, optimistic, or, you know, beautiful, all the way to really, you know, sad or tragic or, sure. um, you know, a, a memorial type stuff. And, Absolutely, yeah. And, and, wow. and, and again, it just reminds me how powerful music is and how, for everything going on, you know, in your life, there's... You know, there, there's a song that can help that soundtrack exist, you know, and... I, I live through music. I mean, I, I don't think... 
I don't think there's there's a moment that you can't find a song to relate to. I mean, no matter yeah. what you go to, no matter what you're going through. Oh yeah, but I mean that's that's exactly it. You and I can listen like a rock star, but we can't play like a rock right. star. But to be able to to maybe channel something through a musician, have something of your yeah. own. Now, do you find that as as a, as a songwriter, do you find some of these ideas come across? You're like, wow, you know what? I, I'm gonna write this song for this person that's requesting it, but. Boy, I can do something else with it. I mean, just that oh, yeah. idea, no, that thought. 100%. It could be like a muse, it's, right? It's it's opened up a whole new window to ideas, concepts. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, I've I've never really written a, a song kind of third person like that. You know, like cool. someone else's story. And and we we're making sure. I mean, being songwriters ourselves, Bob and I are trying to protect the writers as much as possible. Saying, hey, you know you write something on the site for somebody, you still keep the rights to what you're creating. That's good, you know? yeah. So yeah. it's like the, the, the requester is getting that one-of-a-kind uh, recording with, their, with the song that's based on their idea, you know, but if I, if I record a song and I really fall in love with something I write, I shouldn't feel like I probably shouldn't give them this because it's too good. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, no, like <laughs> give them that because they, you know, they, they inspired it and then you can go and re-record either, you know, change the chord changes or lyrics or you could record the whole damn song or you right. just, just do it again you know That's like cool. it's the, and i on on lp2 coming up here for me i have three songs on the record that were inspired by downright and um bob has his next uh solo record which is under the name city on film coming out in december on top shelf sure and the whole entire thing was sourced through downright and they made that very clear he he said i'm going to take x amount of requests that are all going on the next city on film record that's awesome and i mean it's again it just gets us really excited about the ways the site could be used and and the inspiration it's providing to artists and and of course helping them out too right well i would imagine too as a as a writer um that that you get maybe in, in in moments where you have writer's block and you're like man yeah, I, you know for sure um, so I mean I I can imagine that that's just given given you given it some fuel to the fire and maybe I never thought about this situation yeah this I try to play um, I try to play music every day I like you know at the very least pick up my guitar for a few minutes but I try to you know always be doing something but when it comes to writing it kind of comes and goes in waves for me and I sure. think you know all artists are a little different on their approach to songwriting but when you're actually kind of being forced to get creative and you know take out the microphones and set up the stuff and and go to work i mean that that's a different side of songwriting that you know many of the artists on the site have not done before sure and um you know so on one on one level you're accountable and it's a job and you're getting paid for it right and on the creative side of it though it's making you do what you love doing (laughs) and presumably what you're good at because why would somebody want you to do it for them if they didn't like what you did yeah so it's kind of like i mean i always say this and bob says this too we're like we want to allow you know songwriters to find work doing what they're good at what they love doing right and you know a lot of artists who um you know are forced to kind of like find you know jobs at home to support their passion or whatever they have to end up getting jobs you know like at a bar or retail or whatever something that they can easily walk away from right and in this case it's like yes um let's also find another thing you can be doing at home too that you enjoy doing that's helping you that's refine cool. your craft you know? make, make not that everybody blocks, can you know necessarily find steady constant work from it but you know it's a case-by-case thing you're as busy as you want to make yourself and everybody's every little bit helps i mean i mean let's be well, honest plus right? it sounds like you've only been out there for a year and you've already got quite it's, quite a booming it's following ridiculous here. if you look at the list uh, again downright it's w-r-i-t-e 
downright. I mean, if you go there, go to the website, check it out. I mean, just the list of artists is just. I, I thought, you know, I'll go on last night. Maybe they got like 20, 30. I'm like, man, this never ends. I'm up to like 2 in the morning. I'm like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Yeah, it's it's building. It's growing. Thomas Ian Nicholas on there. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's awesome. It really is. It's yeah. fitting. We're right across from Wrigley, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Well, we did. Yeah, we had Thomas. Um, I did a bunch of shows with him over the summer. And yeah, I went to one. Of it was okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. But, um. Yeah, I mean it's been great, and now and now we're starting to pique the interest of a bunch of writers who we're not friends with, and that's that's the Isn't goal. Isn't that I mean, cool? Well, we're not. It's like we we feel a little bit like a niche because a lot of this grew organically from friendships and people that are already in our you know cell phone contacts and email sure. box. But but now you know again the big picture is this should be something that any and all songwriters can utilize. Right. It's not meant to be a club, and you know as we work out more and more details and more and more kinks and figure out a few more things here we're going to proceed to develop sure. the site you know and heading into uh, the holiday season too i mean christmas is such a big time you know oh, yeah absolutely. Um, and then after that you have valentine's day and then you got wedding season i mean there's no shortage this of reasons people are going to want to have something written right so let's let's be a part of it that's it's genius it really is and you know Bill and I have been drinking. We, we've been out drinking before. We never come up with a great idea like that. That's awesome. You know, it's <laughs> this like, podcast think, is about the, yeah, yeah, the about biggest the brainchild thing. we've had. I feel like, like I've had a lot of great ideas, and you know, <laughs> it, you know, one of two things always happens: one, you either realize that it's not a great idea, <laughs> right. or two, you see someone else either do it or that it's already done, and you're right. like, oh, okay, absolutely. And in this case, you know, there there have been artists um, doing like kind of custom song shop type things like Max Bemis from Say Anything and, okay. and people that, you know, the idea of writing someone else a song for hire has been around literally for centuries. I mean, right. that's not, that's not the reinvention of anything. No. Uh, but the, the actual community and platform, that's not something that, you know, and we're kind of like finding our way with it because right. <clears throat> we don't have a model to base it off of. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and now, you know, like I said, we kind of have you know, bumps and bruises along the way, figure some things out, what's working, what's not. And now coming up here with site 1.5 should be up before the holiday. You know, it'll be a whole new look and feel with a bunch of new features. So that's, it, it's cool because, and, and what a, what a, is there a better city to start something like this in? And you've had enough, you've had enough success with your friends and stuff. You can, you can promote it properly. I mean, it, it's, it, it's really genius. Um, Thanks. It's been very organic thus far, you yeah. know, artists promoting their own profiles. Yeah us doing what we can to, you know, help artists promote themselves in general. I mean, we, we, we do like our, you know, we try to do it every couple of weeks, but the get Downright podcast is on iTunes. Right. That's Bob and myself just kind of having fun talking about new things on the site. Um, we do a trivia night here at, at Ginger Man, the third Wednesday of every month. We have one of our artists perform, uh, it's fun. It's free to come and play. It's a good time. Oh, I didn't know that that you had you had an artist perform too. Yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I don't know where this poster is here, but also we uh, have this uh, big uh, event coming that, up here. That I want to talk 20th about. December twentieth at the Metro next door. It's called We Care a Lot, and it's uh, it's like the downright holiday show. We got we got to go. We got to go through the bill on this. We got to slow down a second. You can't blow through this one, Mark. You can't do it. You can't. Do <laughs> all right, it. all right, all right. So so you got Matt Pryor, right? Yeah. Uh, from the Get Up Kids. We got uh, William Beckett. Yeah. Mike Kinsella. Yeah. Uh, who else we got? Tim we got Kasher. Mark Rose. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Know. No. Bob but, Nana. Sure. Tim Casher from Cursive. Oh, yeah, John Tim Walker, who is in Panic at the Disco. Bob the Morris from The Hush Sound. <laughs> Dan Wade from Treaty of Paris. Dan Cassidy from The Fold. And it's a, it's like it's going to be a songwriters round. I mean, we're going to have so, multiple of these artists on stage at the same time. I was going to say, how are you going to pull that off? Because I went to a show... 
uh, at House of Blues, they had six bands. Yeah, it's too much. It's too. I, so you have all this talent. How do you yeah, get? Yeah, no, this really going to be like like an opening set, a middle set, and a closing set, and in each set has multiple artists on stage, rotating songs, playing on each other's stuff, um, storytelling. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's it's so cool. It's it's much more of a. I mean, it's, it's kind of a popular thing in Nashville and in uh, New York, but, you know, writer's rounds are something that you don't see a lot of here in Chicago. And I didn't even know what that is. When, yeah, so when we take down Right to the Road, which we've done a couple times, um, you know, putting together tours with some of the artists on the site to promote the site and also be a cool experience, we, we do something a little different. And we have, you know, for example, we did the Downright um, tour this, this spring, which was with Matt Pryor headlining, uh, myself and Bob Nana, Steve from Punchline, under his uh, solo project called Blue of Colors, and um, and Josh Berwanger, and it's like you have multiple artists up there, alternating tunes, talking between songs, playing on each other's stuff. You kind of like cool. become each other's band a little bit, but it's it's chill. It's very different, you know. And 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 I think that you know you you look at this lineup and you think, oh my gosh, like how like what like you know in, in what what capacities is happening yeah, exactly like, yeah right and then and then you get there and you see you know matt from the ghetto kids on stage with mike from owen and american football and <laughs> tim from cursive yeah. just hanging out playing music and you feel like you're kind of in a weird like fly on the wall in the living room watching them play oh yeah absolutely and, and are tickets still available for this guy I mean, yeah, this just, is they, sell just, out quick. they just went on sale um earlier this month um oh you better get on it then and, if you don't uh, have it. yeah so it's at you know metro um on December Saturday, December twentieth, and yeah, tickets are available now, and you know we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's so heavily Chicago, with the exception of Matt Pryor. Everybody here is from Chicago. Yeah, so. it's it's going to be a huge, huge show, and 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 you're behind uh, with Toys for Tots, right? Yeah, be- yep. Toys for Tots is our charity that's on board, and um, it's just going to be a great time. I mean, what a great way to end the year for us, right. and to have a, I don't know hopefully a really special night. I mean, oh, of that's, course, yeah. I, I'm really excited to play at it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to be there and watch it too. It's like, right. It's going both ways. That's, that, that, that's going to be a fun show. That's gonna be a fun show. And, um, I, there's other shows coming up too that you have before that. And I want to talk about those, but real quick, I want to just go back one second. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I don't like bouncing around too much, but the one question I have is, yeah. um, your writing process yeah. real quick, just getting back to that. Is, does it start with like you, you play a riff? You're like, I like that. I can write around that. Or is it like a verse that comes to you? Yeah. Do you have a notepad that you take with you everywhere? I would say, well, for starters, anything can happen. And, you know, anything has happened as far as the way things come together for a song. But generally for me, like I said, I try to play every day. And I think when, you, when you're just kind of playing, you kind of stumble into ideas, you know? Right. So that's one thing. But when it comes to actual putting together of a song, I'm... I kind of go the opposite way. I'm usually inspired by an idea or something I want to write about, and I almost kind of start jotting down stream of consciousness st- style. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't want to call it poetry. It's not poetry, but it's it's, it's right. not it's it can not be poetry. It's but cool it's not it's yeah. not necessarily structured yet. Right, like it doesn't have a flow to it. I'm not worried about things rhyming yet. I don't care about any of that stuff. Sure. First, it's like storytelling time. Then. I start combining it with ideas that I've either had before or I try to do something fresh with it. So, I mean, I've done, I am, in my own opinion, like, I mean, people don't know this, but it's like I'm the king of, like, taking an idea from a failed song and remembering it or keeping it in the back of my brain. Really? And then reinventing that 
thing to reappear. Right. You know, and people don't necessarily know that. Sometimes they do, though. They're like, wait a minute. I saw you on that tour and you had a new song and it was that lyric, but it's in this song now. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you're not supposed to notice that. Right. <laughs> wow. That's that's pretty crazy if somebody calls you out on that. That's sure. Big I mean, idea, it right? happens. But I, I like to. You know, especially now, like I said, now more than ever, as things change in my life and as I grow up writing more and more songs and whatnot, it's to me, it's it's more and more about creating a vibe and telling a story than it is about achieving a certain sound or, right. you know, a certain... I mean, like, the energy part of it, like, I, yeah, I miss sometimes having the camaraderie of, you know, the guys who are in the band all the time that you can count on, that you can, you know, go through things with. Like, sure. that part of it is, you know, I mean, it's... It can be it can be kind of challenging to be like, all right, well, it's me against the world now. Sure. But it also, when you're the only one who can be accountable for it, then you know you kind of get things going and hopefully take things the direction you want to take them, and it's not a compromise. And right. those are two different things. And when you get older, you don't want to compromise as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Bill, Bill had a roommate, and now he's uh, living on his own. So yeah, no compromise. <laughs> compromise. <laughs> there you go. See. So. Um, so so when you when you come to that when you come to that part of stuff like writing a song coming up with a structure for a song um i always wonder like i'm a big comedy nerd okay Mm -hmm. so i always wonder is there a finite number of you know is there a finite number of chords you know you wonder like right you know if you get to a certain point we're always inspired by other artists and you know and 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 all of a sudden i'm stealing yeah and all of a sudden you're stealing but like is there Playing a guitar and, and writing music, do you find like there's a finite number of stuff, like n- number of songs out there that you can, you know? It it seems like <laughs> you'd think there would be, and then and then more music just keeps coming, right? That's awesome. So, I I don't let that ever really get to me or bother me. Um, if I feel like I'm writing the same song twice, I usually put it down. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I think that's an okay thing. And honestly, like I've I've thought more and more about this. You know, I I think a good song is a good song. Um, and, and if, if somebody is really, I don't know, like really kind of taking something from someone else in such an obvious way, right. I then have to ask myself like two questions about that. Right. The first one is, um, was it intentional, deliberate? Did they realize it or not? Okay. I guess we'll find that out. But the other thing is, do their fans know? And, and is, is it in a way that takes away from the experience or is it in a way that is it opening new ears to new things because right. for example if, if if an artist today came out with a, a jam and, and the you know the vibe and the riff was totally just like ripping from some James Taylor song right. from you know 35 <laughs> years ago I would think well okay they either know or they don't like right. I don't know <laughs> yeah, them don't or their know. producers know they don't know I don't know but their fans have no idea absolutely right so it's like being the grumpy dude in the back yelling about something you know what i mean like i've kind of gotten over that kind of stuff i'm like i'd rather spend my energy supporting the stuff i really dig or i don't know constructively criticizing the things that i like or don't like about something than to be angry and mind you i do get angry i'm just saying that i've learned that i i care less and less about being angry you know like you know it's so funny how when you're younger and in you the first time you have that experience where you're like you know screw you mom and dad i love this stuff and they're like oh this is way this is this you should listen to what i listen to but you you never think you'd be that person but then you become that person yeah absolutely i mean i have peers that are my age i mean i'm I'm 31 (laughs) i've got friends that are you know just younger a little bit older whatever that 
legit rag on you know the new bands that high school kids like and i'm like are oh. you really that guy oh yeah like, and i and i get it because <laughs> i know the feeling sometimes you you see something or you hear something and you're like are you for real right. but then i rather than rather than be that guy on the record yelling about that stuff i'll just politely decline <laughs> like the dad focus from twisted on, sisters right, just focus on what you do like or yeah. what you can get into and and i mean to kind of go back to your question like yeah there's only so many notes on a exactly. piano or on a guitar but that said you know maybe it's not about has this, has this chord change been done before and more about has this story with this chord with this vibe with that voice at this time been done this way absolutely you know and, yeah. and, and it's like there's a lot of great singers out there there's a lot of great musicians out there there's less great singer songwriters out there sure. find the good stuff yeah. like find it you know there's a lot of good stuff that goes unnoticed and there's a lot of big stuff that you wonder why it's so big but a lot of stuff does find its way to cut through I mean I think about like what the radio was like in like the 90s versus what the radio is like now oh, and to me it's like kind of unlistenable now but I loved it then now what has changed like I don't know I can tell you what's changed right away I feel go. pretty strong about it. No, no, no. but I, I would say like Q101 late 90s early 2000s used to support a lot of local bands yeah I don't see that now with anybody around here so it, there, there's a lot of that that goes on but yeah we can go off on another hour on that, but I wanted to, I wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, I, I wanted to uh, talk about some of these shows. And, and it's funny you you said the word support earlier, uh-huh. um, because I, I found something kind of unique about some of the shows you have coming up. Yep. And, and the way you worded this, because uh, you're playing, um, you know, in Milwaukee with the Super Happy Fun Club. Yeah. Right. And, and I think Super Happy Fun Club is is going to be um, headlining that show. Is mm-hmm. that right? Okay. So. Uh, this is at Jackson's Blue Blue Ribbon in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. But the way it's worded is he's supporting them, and I like that term. I don't know why it has a better sound than opening. Yeah. I don't know if there's. I just love that. I, you're the first person I've seen that that's promoted it that way. You know, I'm supporting. You know, Kate Vogel. Um, yeah. You know, I I thought that was a great way because you really are. You know, and sure. and and uh, you know to to go to Milwaukee. To, to, to open for, for a band, I mean, I think that's a great way to put it. To, to, you're supporting it. I like anything that sounds um, positive, right? Well, yeah, I think it's a whole community thing, especially with, like, downright. I mean, yeah. the more you, you promote yourself, the more you're promoting everybody else in the community. Yeah. Sure. Well, I've been, you know, at this point, doing, doing some math uh, that has just kind of, you know, it's blown my mind. It's also kind of, like, made me realize what I've been doing the last decade and that is you know at this point I've, I've done over a thousand shows Isn't that and, crazy? and when I when I think about that and then I think about artists that have been around for 30 40 years and what their numbers are like oh you know I think about how many how many collective days and years of my life I've spent in hotel rooms or on people's floors and stuff like that and I'm thinking like oh my god um, that said I've kind of been you know with my limited amount of time that I've done music, which is, you know, lengthy enough to make a dent and have done a lot. If you have your life. Sure. But but it's like, I I hope to be writing songs 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you know, there's no doubt. So, but like when I start thinking about that, I kind of realize that between, uh, between doing, getting things started when I'm in high school and just, you know, playing anywhere in front of anyone, anytime, not really knowing anything, not even knowing the word music business as much as just music, you know what I mean? Like, you know, having done that and then with Spittlefield having 
spent time on the road in, in very crazy conditions, like having been out on the road where, you know, we've lost, uh, lost friends or lost family members, like, you know, oh, wow. like being, being away from everything when and things you're, are you're happening, and you're stuck, right. Yeah. And, or, or having some of the best times in my life, like opening for bands that I, I re- love and respect in front of great crowds and realizing, man, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to do this again. I have to make the most of it. You know, you have all these different highs and lows. And when it comes down to it, you know, whether you're the opening act or you're the direct support act, you're the headliner, you keep recycling that concept because right. when you're able to headline in front of 100 kids, that means maybe you can support somebody in front of 300 kids. Isn't it awesome? You know awesome? what I mean? And, yeah. if you're, and if you're supporting in front of 300, maybe when you headline, you can get your numbers up. And it's a, it's a game, right? Because, right. It, you know, for someone to be headlining across the street at Wrigley Field, I mean, how... How does how do you get there? To, like, oh, like the what, Foo Fighters are going to be there, right? Yeah, right. So and they're gonna, and you see their support acts. They put Naked Ray Gun on that show. Isn't that crazy? It's <laughs> awesome. And you know what? It's like I don't think that David Grohl thinks of them as anything except his peers. Yeah, right. And and they are probably blown away at the opportunity to play that show. But like that that's friends supporting friends, and that's that's kind of why ultimately. I mean, I tossed around that word. I hadn't really thought about it. Till he brought it up, like maybe in that context, but. That, that makes sense to me. I, I loved it. I didn't know if it was intentional or not, but I just love that term. Like, wow, supporting. That just, it sounds so positive. And, and it is a pot, like you said, it's a positive spot to be in. Um, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, especially like if there's, if there's three or four bands, the, the first couple bands sometimes catch a lot of shit from the audience that's waiting for the headliner, you know? <laughs> oh, and I've been so, there. Yeah. I mean, I know. <laughs> you know, getting the finger. I've seen some, I mean, there's even enough shows. I oh, mean, yeah. you see it. Oh, yeah. Stuff, stuff happens. I mean, and what's funny is that if that opening group ends up being something real substantial that same person would be like oh i remember i saw them open for so and so it's like yeah you sure did yeah you did yeah you didn't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) so so when we look into this and and, uh i want to i want to make sure we plug some of the shows coming up because there's a couple shows that you did recently that i just want to touch on real quick and just see how they came about yeah um but obviously uh we have uh, Saturday the 8th, uh, Milwaukee. We talked about that at Jackson's Blue Ribbon in Milwaukee with Super Happy Funk Club. Uh, Stuby, he was on Stubie. the show. He did a phoner. Great dude, man. And, and I mean, he seems like Stubby. He's a guy that's, you know, it, 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 he's just one of the guys that, that seems really local and supports a lot of local lo- local bands, does a lot. Oh, absolutely. Actually, like, uh, Stubby and I have become uh, much like better friends uh, in the last few years than we ever were before. And I think. You know, our our bands were in uh, a similar space in Chicagoland, right. but we weren't. We didn't really, you know, play together. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't have that bond yet. And then, after Spitalfield broke up and when LBC went on hiatus, um, you know, his he had his couple new projects. He started. I was starting my new stuff. Right. And we just kind of commonly related to each other and kind of started doing shows and become buddies and now we can talk to each other about music or not music like we're actually at that level now which is cool that's cool and he's on the site now he's one of our newer artists so yeah that's right yeah he's he's yep. he's on the site and and you just played with uh adam and Stuby when they did their storytelling exactly which- and i and i was you know floored that they asked me to do that because again i can think back to where i was when that record came out you know where i was at in my life and you know what was going on with my band and stuff and seeing them have that you know, kind of that push, you know, right. major label record, having a record, like a radio single, all that stuff. Right. I mean, I remember it very vividly. So the fact that, you know, they'd asked me to come do that, like meant a lot to me. That was cool. And I, I don't know, like I've seen some shows, boy, Adam from that band's a great guitar player too. Just oh, yeah. a side note. He's, 
He's that dude is rock and roll, man. <laughs> right? He just looks <laughs> he looks the part and everything. He's a cool dude. Um, so then, uh, so then you're playing. Uh, this is a funny one, Bill. I know okay. we, we talked about this before you got here. Uh, Subterranean on uh, the 13th of November with Kate Vogel. Yep. Again, supporting Kate, Kate Vogel, which is great. And this is kind of funny. And Bill, I gotta let you take this one. Or no, I? no, no, no. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. So this is kind of fun. A little backstory on our part. So Kate Vogel, how, how did you get that show? Does this have something to do with One Tree Hill? Are we going there? Oh, he's so excited. <laughs> Look at him. So he's funny. so excited. Because uh, <laughs> just made his we've night. Been, we've been cyber-stalking. Uh, <laughs> not cyber-stalking. I don't want to make that. <laughs> but we've been trying to get Look Sophia out. Bush on the show. Okay. And what's funny is Sophia Bush, who does the Chicago PD show, We've been trying to get her, and we've been. We've back heard and forth she was on One Tree Hill once upon a time. Yeah, we've been so. back and forth with with NBC, and I thought, wow, that's a kind of a, a a six degrees of separation there. Like, all right, Mark's been on the show. He's playing with Kate Vogel, who was on the show with Sophia, Sophia Bush. Bush. I'm with so you. It's like we're 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 shortening the degrees of separation. Now. The way I see it, it's a done deal, man. It's, it's I mean, done. you guys are going to have her on the show. That's <laughs> if we keep. If I can't we, <laughs> with using your logic. I don't see how. We're just, just going to make friends with all of her friends. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, and in all honesty, that's not we, we didn't even notice that till just tonight. So. No, that's great. It's funny. So so how did that show come about? How how do you, how do you did somebody contact you? Does do yeah, you know? it's it's a well, I don't I don't know um, Kate personally or anything. It's just that's that's the right kind of bill for me to be opening in Chicago and and subterranean and uh, the folks who you know book shows there promoters there. Um, have, you know, booked at a few other venues in Chicago too, and it's just it's it's the right fit for me as a support act for sure. She and might be in trouble. You might you might you might get a bigger response <laughs> in her. You well, guaranteed, <laughs> no, because her her fans are going to pack that place yeah, out. But yeah. it's a good opportunity for me. Absolutely. I mean, so it was it was more so like the right fit and the right timing for me because you know there's a the whole thing when you are playing out shows professionally that you know radius clauses actually exist where you can't be headlining a show and opening another show and doing you know there's right. this conflict so it was just great timing because um i've got you know this supporting at metro at the end of december with the downright bill so this is you know over a month before that it's a yep. good fit um she doesn't have an opener on the tour so it's like each each market is Putting in a, oh, that's a cool. support act. So, so subterranean contacts or who the booker sure, there just, says. Yeah, hey, yeah just, it was cool. just a, a, a good, a good, a good fit. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, uh, then your Cairo, Cairo Ale House, right? Yeah, and that's out in the suburbs. And yeah. um, you know, again, I, I, I play a lot of, of shows, you know, outside of Chicagoland. But when I'm not on the road, I try to kind of mix it up with, you know. The, the, the suburbs and the city opening sure. and closing. I kind of try to do it all because it's an opportunity to, you know, either try new stuff for new people right. or to play the stuff people know when you're doing your own show. And, you know, it's tough, man. It, it, you don't want to overplay your hometown. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy who's like, well, I could see him again in a, another week or two. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, like... Like I've, I lived in Rockford for high school, and Cheap Trick would play all the time. So, and I love Cheap Trick. Don't get me wrong, but it's like <laughs> sure. enough so already, brother. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like the, the past few years, my pattern has been doing seventy-five to one hundred shows a year. But Oof. sometimes wow. that's like it sounds well, I mean, exhausting. Yeah, you do. You know, sometimes you knock out a lot of that in a couple trips. You'll be out for two, three week tours, and right. you're halfway yeah. there. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but still, yeah. uh, that's a lot. That's but a it's lot. what you know. It's yeah. it's it's. it's Again, it's kind of the what you got to do when you want to support yourself is go out and play because if you're at home and you're not, you know, you're not working if you're sitting at home. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. Tell tell that yeah, that's 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 
you got to stay busy, right? That's the thing. Keep busy, and sometimes to to a fault. I mean, I've had tours that have exhausted me, or that I wish I was home from. Right. But I've also been at home long enough where there, you know, I still get that feeling, that itch to get out there and play. Like right. I still love it. I still love being in a van with with you know friends and playing music like that. That still speaks to me, and right. I feel like as long as I still have that part of me that loves it, I gotta keep doing it right. because I can always figure something else out and right. you know and even now insert downright that's become something that's taken up a lot of my time and it's like it's weird it's like I'm doing two things that are both related to songwriting and I couldn't be happier about it right. but I'm also the busiest I've ever been that's awesome you know what I mean and I'm like well that's not a bad thing that's, that's a good thing that's you're 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 you're, you're right in line because music's kind of in, in my opinion in a transition in a transition phase more less People are buying less albums, buying more digital downloads. So I mean, that's I mean, you're you're right where you need to be with that. I, I my opinion. Thank you, um, thank you. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, so so then we got so that's on the fifteenth at, at Cairo, um, and then the twentieth we have the Downright show. But just to go back, and, and I know I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but there's a couple there's a couple acts that I want to talk to you about that you did that you've played with already, and this one's. <laughs> Kind of took me off, off off guard, and I want to know with social media, like you said, that's a great way for people to get in contact with you. Uh, you you open for uh, Nick Carter and Jordan Knight. I you know Did you I catch knew, flack from I <laughs> knew you were going to go there. Um, and I think it's awesome. Dave does his homework. I've if, got if nothing we get him but that. great great stories and good times from those two nights. I got asked to do that. Um, three days before it happened. Really? So it wasn't it wasn't a bill I was a part of. It wasn't a tour I was a part of. And what it came down to was those two guys are doing a project together now. Right. Um, and they have a record out together. And, of course, I'm very familiar with them <laughs> and their history. And I've, I've never played a show anything like this. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I've played some interesting shows. I've done weird things. Right. Uh, I, I I played a daddy daughter swim when I was in eighth grade. Oh wow! I mean, I've done weird <laughs> I've done weird things, but this uh, this was Pretty unlike good. anything I'd ever been asked to do, and I was stoked for it because talk about like a life experience. I right. mean, so I put together a full backing band for it. I was the only opener. I was also the only thing between. Uh, that audience and what they were there for. You know yeah, I mean? that's a tough spot. <laughs> it was tough, but um, I mean, I, I've made this joke a couple times now, but probably not to any of your listeners. <laughs> I knew that the audience was going to be predominantly like female. I knew it was going to be a ton of girls. Right. I did not realize exactly what I was in for because <laughs> this was not this was not girls. This was this was women. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're all yeah. they're all they're they're all age they, and older. They used to be girls. New, yeah, new kids on the block. Yeah. Jordan Knight. Those are yeah. ten years older sure. now. It's and, Fifteen. Maybe. And, uh, and those and those guys. They put on a, a show. They were on stage for a long time. They had a killer backing band. It was it was crazy. Um, I so I got two nights in a row, and you know I I don't know. After the first show, I almost had like a like a <laughs> back to the locker room halftime adjustments I'm like all right <laughs> here's what we got to do differently tomorrow but like overall it was cool i mean people were actually pretty pretty receptive they're really nice um did you get to meet those guys were they pretty cool or i did not shitty? really no, no I'm, their band was nice they were very busy they yeah. were doing vip stuff before and after yeah, and were on their own buses and had a tight schedule did, so i mean I'm, I'm bummed i didn't get to like shake their hand and say thanks for having me but i mean i didn't really expect oh, to hang out yeah. with them and this isn't Mark saying this. This is me, but I think it's kind of shitty that they didn't come and just say, shake your hand and say hey, thanks for <laughs> thanks for playing. You know what I mean? But 
when you hit that Calming level, the they masses, get a level of yeah, fame that, that, that's sure. like I Elvis. I don't, even you know? think, I don't think it has really anything to do with you know, the level of fame or any expectations. I think it really was just, it's, it's their show. Again, there's no, there's no support act on their tour. Right. They've got a million people to meet and phone calls. To yeah, take. yeah. I just, I, I didn't, I didn't really know whether or not I was going to be hanging out, you know, right. backstage with them, high fiving and, you know, kicking it. Or if I was never going to talk to them once and <laughs> right, it was right. the latter, <laughs> right. that's all. Yeah. but they, I mean, they seemed, they seemed nice enough. Their crew was cool. The, their band was awesome. Um, and I'm glad I did it. And I was really, really happy that the House of Blues talent buyers thought of me to, to play it. Because, That's again, awesome. oh, anytime yeah. I get contacted about opening for somebody else that has an existing fan base um, separate from my own, it's an opportunity. Isn't and it's it something you feel. Do something different, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so glad I took the show. And I've got stories for days, <laughs> some of which I'm not talking about right now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's, um, so, but did, did, uh, did, did, did like the diehard Spitalfield fans, did they give you shit? Like, oh, what's Mark doing opening for? No, I think they either either don't know about it, found it entertaining, <laughs> right. or were genuinely stoked because it's like, what? <laughs> it's just sure. so random. Yeah. I mean, I think that it... I was pissed I missed that show. I'm like, what are the other Yeah, well, I mean, if you're I ever also, looking for that experience you know, again, again, we're I, talking about starting our own boy band. It wasn't as if it was the kind of show that I was out there actively promoting, trying to get my supporters to come to because it's like with a $56 ticket as the starting price, that's not, Oof, you know, not yeah. something I feel comfortable being like, Hey guys, that's a lot. you yeah. have to come out to this one. But I was very much so like, Hey, there are some balcony tickets available. If you want to be there for this <laughs> right. and yeah. a lot and, of women, and, and there were, there were some <laughs> existing Spitalfield fans that were already going. And that's awesome. I mean, like, you know, when you have just, just a wide enough reach, like we right. did, you have people that like all sorts of stuff and like, like we're there. Sure. Maybe, awesome. maybe they're there because, you know, before they ever got into Spitalfield, they were into new kids or right. whatever. Like, I get that. Like, I know our producer Ashley. She was she was a big <laughs> Spitalfield fan. She she went. She used to go to shows at the um, the um, oh, what was the the firehouse? Ash, what was that one? The the. Uh, Fireside Bowl. I oh, yeah. Fireside Bowl. <laughs> For so, sure. We're throwback. <laughs> so, but she was the biggest Backstreet Boys fan you'll ever see. So she would have nice. been one of those that was there. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, so we, we had that. That that was just, I saw that. And I'm like, wait, this can't be right. This has got to be a misprint. <laughs> right. No. It, and in fact, when I, I first got the little notification um, when, the, when, when they had updated their site and they had that image that said, you know, the two dates, House of Blues, Chicago, Jordan Knight, Nick Carter, Mark Rose. And I had that billing there. I like screenshotted it and I posted it. And I was yeah. like, you guys need to know about what's going on this weekend. <laughs> a lot of people thought that I had like added myself to the list <laughs> as a joke and was like <laughs> making a little like, you know, right. whatever, like internet thing where it's like, hey guys, this is what's happening. But I was like, this is for real. Like, and then that? and then after the first night, I took a photo of the crowd from the top balcony. And I said like, let's do this again tomorrow. And a bunch of people commented like, oh my God, that actually happened. <laughs> they thought you and were I, was like, I was like, yes, yes, it did. <laughs> so we got that uh you played for third eye blind too you you you, you, you opened for them that was probably a big one huh at that, that time? Was, well yeah and that was that was years ago for me that um i was amazed at that opportunity because third eye blind is one of those you know bands and stephen jenkins is one of those songwriters that mm -hmm. like now more than ever me? i connect oh, yeah. with him you know yeah. i didn't even like when 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 that when that first self-titled record hit um i remember being slightly indifferent to it and i remember 
people all over loving it and me almost kind of you know being in my punk rock phase being like eh, <laughs> it was not, played not, a lot of not my thing yeah. it's you know overplayed whatever blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. but then fast forward a few years and they put out that next record and that next record it was actually their third record out of the vein that really caught me where i was like it's they're like not you know they're not all over the way they were right um and i and i a buddy was like, dude, like, I think you'd really like this if you like really gave it a little more. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try, whatever. And I ended up digging it and then working my way backwards and then eventually being like, man, I'm so glad I got into this band. Right. And like, and you know, fast forward another however many years and it gets to open for them was just awesome. Like, that's cool. Really cool. I had I a full, I cool. had my yeah, full yeah. band. And again, I was the only opener. So it was like the third eye blind crowd <laughs> It was just waiting for them to get on stage, <laughs> and I, I got to do my thing up there. But it went well. It yeah, went very well. That's 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 a huge one. You know, the Third Eye Blind was one of those. It's because I'm not much older than you. I mean, I'm a lot. I'm 33, but I, I remember like I think junior high, Third, third Eye Blind was around. So I'm like, yep. I, I just saw them. Like, wow, he played with Third Eye Blind. So, um, and then a couple things, and then we'll, we'll we'll let you on your way. I swear. Just uh, sure, no um, problem. So. Um, I saw that you have a new album coming up uh, yeah. in 2014. You kind of hinted towards it a little bit. It's a full-length album or another e- the EP two is that is no that LP two. This LP2, is I'm this sorry. will be my my second full-length record, and there's no release date set for it yet. I I'm done I'm done tracking it, and recording it. It's in its final phases right Are now. Are you a perfectionist? Where you like, Where you listen to it over and over again? <laughs> um, like I I can be I. I definitely listen to it a lot while I'm working on it, and then once it comes out, I pay less attention to it. Because sure. usually by the time it comes out, I'm like starting my next thing anyway. Right, <laughs> Things take right. too sure, long. Sure, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I spent a good amount of time writing and demoing for this. And again, being that it's my only my second full-length record, my first being in 2011, a lot of time has passed. Yeah. And I, I did all those EPs with the intention of them being different, you know, um, they had slightly different sounds, different approaches, different whatever. Um, and I think it's kind of all led to this album, both sonically and content wise, like for me, like I think a lot has happened in the last five years and it's all going to come to a head here with this record. And you know, I'm excited for people to hear it. I'm nervous for people to hear it. I'm, I'm everything about it. You know, and and uh, it's been a long time coming. So I, I know I, I know I gave this my all, and I hope people dig it. And if they don't, that's okay too. Like there's a lot of something out there for everybody. So sure, I think people can keep updated with that by going to your website, markrosemusic.com. Yeah, markrosemusic.com on on Facebook. It's Mark Rose Music as well. Then um, good old Twitter and Instagram is Mister sure. Mark D Rose. I like it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, and then obviously downright W R I T E because I've done uh, we got I've got my prep sheet here and I want to make sure I had the spelling right and yeah and Ashley was like it's W R I T E I go I know I've got the I know and I actually put it in wrong earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. downright.com is you know where you can go to get custom song written for yourself um, we are get downright on Facebook and Twitter okay. and uh, the get downright podcast on iTunes absolutely you can find all that stuff there that's cool I'm and still thinking theme ahead. song. Yeah, or at the very least, a yeah. Dig Dug song. Yeah, I mean, Dig <laughs> get in there and request it, man. If somebody yeah. wants to work on the Dig Dug, Dig Dug song, <laughs> Dig for Dug you. song. Um, the uh, um, obviously the the big show. I mean, and you have other shows. You can you can see it uh, at, at Mark Rose Music, um, but. Uh, the big show we want to definitely promote is uh, December twentieth at Metro. Um, we Carol lot. 
I like that play on words. It's Thank good. You. It's a huge lineup. Uh, MetroChicago.com, I believe you go to get tickets. And if there's tickets available, you better nab them up because they're they're going to go quick. There's, it's a it's a if you if you haven't been there, it's probably the best place in Chicago to see a show. Maybe if you, unless you're looking at an acoustic set at Beat Kitchen, I would think yeah. that that's well. Yeah, make make your plans, mark your decals, get your tickets, bring some toys for some tots. Absolutely. Uh, you know it's. It's going to be, I think, a very special night, and then uh, afterwards we'll be uh, partying here, c- keeping the celebration alive here at the G-Man Tavern. Absolutely, the G-Man. And uh, G-Man. Um, one, I think I got two last things for you, and then we'll let you go. The one thing is I th- saw something interesting that you posted on Facebook about uh-huh. Halloween shows, TV shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think I would say Roseanne yeah, we probably had the best. Before the, <laughs> before <laughs> the show. probably had the best. I would agree with you. They had the best uh, when we were growing up anyway. Yeah. Home Improvement. So I Home totally Improvement agree. had some good stuff. Um, did, did you have a favorite? Uh, you, got any, you got any favorites other than that? Um, well, I mean, I think, I think Halloween specials on like 90s television, 90s <laughs> sitcoms are the best. Like I... I don't know. Like my, it's like my brain only has so much space for new shows, and I have a few new shows that I follow. <laughs> right. It, it was so funny though. Like when they people are compete. talking to me about um, shows that I know I need to watch, like you know, like Breaking Bad or True Detective. Right. I'm like, well, I haven't really, you know, watched all those yet, but I have seen every episode of Alf. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love like, Alf. Yes. Yeah, yes. love him. But yes. like, yeah. So I just this is kind of my favorite time of year to be flipping through the reruns on like late night television or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like Absolutely. I don't watch any TV during the day at all, but in the evenings, if I am if I'm not on the road, because then I'd be performing. If I'm home, I'm watching, you know, sports, and then and then before I go to bed, I'm winding down with '90s sitcoms. Sure. It's just how it goes for me. It's like that's what I do. Like Nick and Knight's <laughs> the best for that. Like those '90s, those, those '90s sitcoms. It's it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's but awesome. I mean, there's so many honorable mentions for 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 television. Halloween specials. Oh. The thing is, a lot of people are going to relate, or not not relate, but they're going to mention like a particular one episode of a show. And I'm like, yes, that's true. But who's collectively got the most best oh. Halloween specials? Mm-hmm. And it's, got, I mean, it's got to be Roseanne. It's There's seven be. of them, it's and they're so be. good. And you always look forward to them every year. You know, you don't, you don't have anything to look forward to. And now. of course, you've got Simpsons with with Treehouse of Horror, and that's great. And they do that every year. Um, but I'm talking like, you know, live, live action. Yeah, live yeah. action. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I saw that. And I'm like, man, we got to talk about that. That's the greatest thing. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I, I got I, I got we got to end with the song. Obviously, we're with one of the one of the one of the best singer songwriters here in Chicago. Oh, and, and thank you. You've been around uh, a long time. I couldn't believe it. Ninety eight. I'm like ninety eight. How old is this dude? <laughs> He's like two years younger than me. That's awesome. And, and obviously, you've been playing for a lot longer than that. But um, there's a song that I that making I making us reevaluate to. our lives here, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm the one talking about watching episodes of Roseanne and Alf. Uh, okay, go, go ahead. No, I remember Alf. <laughs> The, the, if you saw the, the clip on YouTube of the guy that plays Elf with the puppet and he's just yeah. going off, have you seen that oh, one? I've Where, seen it. Yeah, I it's, love it's that. almost uncomfortable. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> love it. Um, uh, but no, uh, we were talking about this earlier here, and uh, and 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 I listened to this song. I sent it to Bill. Um, this is one of, one of one of yours uh, on your own. Yeah. Uh, Decade of a girl. Yeah. I love this song. Thank and, you. And. Um, I don't. I don't know what it's about. I, I have a feeling. Is 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 it about a girl? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Well, it is. It's. Um. This is the opening track to my uh, currently most recent recording, which is the sound of a turnaround EP from last year. Sure. And um, the opening line of the song is uh, surrounded by teachers of everything, and you know, 
everybody, a lot of people in my life are are teachers. My sister's a teacher. My my mom's a teacher. My really? dad teaches. Um, and 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 so is my my girlfriend. Who this this coming uh, f- well month will actually be my tenth year of being with her, dating her. Really? Like we're not, yeah. And and uh, I wrote this song last year about you know like a, a decade in retrospect of of somebody supporting you and you That's know giving you their their all and and you know not I don't know like like to me seeing how teachers put everything they have into their students and their lessons and how it can be a very underappreciated you know position right. um, and knowing how there's like those teachers in your life that have like changed who you are or helped shape who you are sure. like this is like this is no different you know what I mean so it's kind of a it's it's a song that's not necessarily specifically about one piece of a relationship it's sure. more of a broad thing but you know it's going through everything i have in the last 10 years and having somebody right. be there for you you know i i thought it was i thought it was just listen to it, i thought it was an amazing song and and the lyrics were great i didn't know if it was a metaphor or what and um so it, i mean it seems heartfelt it doesn't seem like a song in which you're dating a girl for 10 years and she's like where's my song <laughs> Where's my song, Mark? Sure. You're writing songs for people from Downright. Troubles at yeah. home, Dave. <laughs> it's not like that, but I mean, it seemed it seems like a heartfelt song. It's a beautiful song, um, and I mean, if you want to, if if there's anything you want to do to set it up before we play it, and we'll, we'll. Well, I mean, I think I think what we just talked about sets it yeah. up as best as it can be. That's I mean, awesome. and you know, the the hook in the uh, in the chorus is. Uh, when when the bright lights start to fade and when the final note has played, um, when I find my place to stay, I'll do it all again. And I'm thankful for a decade of a girl. And it's kind of saying like, you know, I love I love performing, I love touring, I love, you know, sharing my art and creating art. But it's also, you know, not the easiest thing to do all the time, especially when you're away from not just you know your girlfriend, but from so much Everything, from yeah. your life, you know, yeah. from, from the things at home that make you, you know, make you who you are. So, you know, if you, you know, whether you're performing in front of, you know, a thousand people opening for third eye blind, or you're playing at a bar in front of five people that aren't paying attention, sure. you know, when you're done for the night, you pack it in and move on to the next city or get to your hotel or go stay at your buddies, you know, on their floor or whatever. Right. And you get up and you do it again. And the fact that there's somebody, you know, or a group of people at home rooting for you. Um, that's, that's, cool. that's, that's powerful. So that's kind of, you know, that's, that's where that song came from. That's awesome. Well, Mark, thank you again for doing the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I thank you guys. Thank, thank you, you for the invite. Thank talking you. Talking up for over an hour at the oh. Blue Bay, right? It's all so. good, man. And thanks. So thanks thank for you. the Shinerbach. Thank you. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. And, um, letting us into your house. I mean, really, this is, this is your place. Um, the you house know, at Mark G-Man built. Tavern? Yeah, yeah it feels like G-Man. a home to me lately. Yeah, yeah it's, it's excellent. <laughs> Third so. Wednesday of every month right here, Music Trivia. I think I'm gonna, we're go. going to try and make it. We're going to try Come and make it Come to the next out, one. So, yeah, yeah, 19th, uh, November 19th. November 19th. So I need to. here we go. Mark Rose, Decade of a Girl, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye. By teachers of everything The ones who raised me Taught my heart how to sing Surrounded my voice with harmony The kind that knows how to Peace, love, and empathy
Of a girl.